0: Today, um, if I can quote from Mia this morning, we celebrate all saints and all souls. We remember the love and generosity that we have known in our lives from folk in our families, friends and in our history. And it's also Adoption Sunday where we remember how we were adopted into God's family as well as for those of us who have adopted children, the great gift they can be in our families. Verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We've already heard earlier in the chapter and from Steve last week, Paul's exhortation to the Corinthians to be faithful in their giving. And as I read through chapter 8 and chapter 9, through the week it seemed to me as if right at the end of a difficult passage Paul digs deep and ends with a heartfelt statement. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. How can we start to define what an indescribable gift is? How can we ever accurately put into words the gift God gives us? The outpouring of his grace into our lives And our status as his saved children because of what Jesus did for us through his dying on the cross and his coming back to life in resurrection and ascending into heaven. Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 8, verses 15 to 17, says, "...the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves." So that you live in fear again, rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Having personal experience of adoption, I sometimes think that we're in danger of devaluing the word in today's society. There was an advert on the telly last night encouraging us to adopt a tiger, complete with free cuddly toy. We can adopt an unwanted dog. We can adopt a doll. And we can even adopt a computerized pet. And for some, a birth child seems so much more desirable than adoption. But for the Romans, when a baby was born, you got what you were given, whether you liked it or not. There was no choice over its sex, its abilities. And we see that today in some cultures, don't we, where boys are preferred over girls. But according to Roman law, a naturally born baby could be disowned from the family if it was considered unacceptable. However, Romans adopting a child knew exactly what they were getting. No one adopted a child unless that specific child was wanted. So according to Roman law, an adopted child could not be disowned. He or she was permanently added to the family. The Roman historian and theologian William Ramsay writes The Roman Syrian law book lays down the principle that a man can never put away an adopted son and that he cannot put away a real son without good ground but it is remarkable that the adopted son should have a stronger position than the son by birth yet it was so. So as chosen Adopted children of Almighty God, how do we live? How do we go about our work, our daily routines, our relationships? Are we full of grace, letting the light of his kingdom shine out into our world in generosity and hospitality? Or do we run from life, hiding in the shadows, keeping our faith to ourselves and our distance from those who get too close? Justin Welby said recently, we are what we should be when we look out into the world, confront the shambles which surround us, and show the power and the love and the grace of God. There's a song we sing by Matt Redman, and it says, I will offer up my life in spirit and truth, pouring out the oil of love as, I, as my worship to you in surrender i must give my every part lord receive the sacrifice of a broken heart how often we nurse broken hearts as christians we're not immune from the traumas and pains of life sometimes the call the cost to be generous and hospitable To show each other, let alone the world, the power and the love and the grace of God is a seemingly impossible task. You know there are times, and I guess I'm not alone in this, when it's far easier to look inward and to bury myself in a virtual or even a real duvet and just pretend that out there doesn't exist. We live in strange times, don't we? We can have an internet persona where we can choose who we want to be. We can have hundreds of Facebook friends and yet still be lonely. People who don't know us can follow us on Twitter, but we can still have no one to talk to. We can go for therapy to discover our inner selves. We can even be rebirthed, so presumably we can start again. Science and psychology challenge our perception of reality Life these days can be so complicated. In these shifting sands, we need to experience the great gift of God the Father, the gift of his Spirit who tells us that we are his children and cannot be disowned. We're adopted into his family. The experience of the Spirit's inner witness as we pray, affirming our relationship with our Father. Jesus used the name Abba for God the Father in his prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane. We call God Abba, Father, through the Son and in the power of the Spirit. And it's from the recognition and acceptance of our place as adopted children of our Father God, from the generosity of his gift and love and care for us, that we can each offer generosity And hospitality to others. As some of you know, this past year I've seen my dear dad slip further and further into dementia. Someone's called it the long goodbye and that's really how it feels. Dad doesn't know who I am. He doesn't remember that he was married for 60 years. He doesn't remember that he has children and grandchildren. He remembers nothing of my mum or of his working life. He can't read a newspaper or hold a conversation with any meaning. But for all his life, he was a man with a strong faith in God and a love for his church. And earlier this year, it was my privilege to take him to church several Sundays And it was particularly poignant when he gave me a pound for the collection as if I was seven again. (laughs) But I put it in the collection this time instead of saving it to spend on sweeties. (laughs) But now he seems to have very little conscious cognition of spiritual things. So I was reduced to tears a couple of weeks ago when one of my sisters told me, That dad had been seen with his prayer book in one hand, holding the hand of another very poorly resident and praying for her. Even in the direst and darkest of times and circumstances, the Holy Spirit of God can flow through us generously to bring his grace to another person. And that's why, as Justin Welby suggests, we sometimes have to find a different way of doing what we do. Hearing God's call to look outward. Do we choose a road of generosity and hospitality instead of being drawn inward? Wearing at times the heavy cost of discipleship and life lightly instead of being overwhelmed by it. And that way, that road... Justin says, begins by allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed by God. That's the choice we make as individuals and as a church. It comes through reflection, through worship, through contemplation, through a deep regarding of the love that is lavished upon us by God. Many years ago now, I was a member of a church in a mining community that was largely composed of those from broken families, the unemployed, those who really struggled with life. There was real poverty. There was a song that we used to start and end every meeting with. I don't know if any of you know it. It goes, I love this family of God so closely knitted into one. They've taken me into their heart and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. As we sung, we would join hands, we would go around doing the charismatic hugging thing. Every Wednesday, there was a bring and share lunch and we used the song as a grace. I got really fed up with it. <laughs> but sometimes folk would have tears in their eyes as they sung. In my youth and ignorance, I never grasped until after we moved away the full power of that song in that congregation. Many had no family or were estranged or had been abused, were widowed, were alone and were lonely. That song helped unite them into a family, a community of God's children that was able to reach out to the community and to each other with love, acceptance, grace and generosity. I look back to those times and I wish I had been wiser, had grasped the full significance of that simple chorus and the power there was in its words. For those people had grasped their adoption into God's family. When we adopt a child, we travel together onward as a family. When we're adopted into God's family, we change our direction of travel. We journey forward as part of our new family. Every family has its own particular flavor, experiences, boundaries, ways of being together. Sadly for some, our earthly families can be painful and destructive, but for others they are life-giving and affirming. But what, I wonder, are the characteristics of our godly family? How do we contribute with generosity to the life of our godly family? These are questions that we need to ponder over this coming week. We sung earlier. a fountain of wondrous grace has poured from the poured from the heart of God. Sorry, I scribbled it down as we were singing it. A fountain of wondrous grace has poured from the heart of God, and as we were singing, I thought that fountain of wondrous grace needs to pour out through us to others. Amen.